If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Success and welcome to summer. Uh, we've just had our long weekend, our long Victoria Day weekend, which is commonly known as the May 2-4 weekend, which some people might think is because it falls near the 24th of May, which is exactly what it is actually. But uh, it's more often known for the two fours of beer that get drunk over the weekend. And it's one of those, we, we, when we lead up to the, uh, the Victoria Day weekend in our rental business, it's, it's one of those weekends that requires a ton of screening. It's, it's the first weekend that people get out of the city, into the country, up to the lake, and, and they, they go nuts. They really go nuts. It's a bit. It's a bit like sort of March break for grown-ups, if you can consider some of them to be grown-ups. But uh, whatever. It was. It was a great. It was a fun weekend. We screened our guests extremely well, so we didn't have any issues. Uh, everybody seemed to have a fun time. The only thing about this weekend, though, and it's it's just this little thing we have in Ontario called Blackfly, and they are sort of predominant around the first couple of weeks of May. And if it if if the weather doesn't really get hot to burn them off, then then they will go into later in May. And they are annoying little things. Not to be mistaken for mosquitoes, which we'll get to in June, but they uh they are annoying. They bite and and draw blood, which is not very nice. The only time you act you, you noticed you've got a black fly bite when you get this itch on the back of your neck and you touch it and and you've got blood on your fingers. And uh, you often see people walking around cottage country with just um, red collars on their shirts. Sounds dreadful, doesn't it? But actually, it's, it's one of those things that lasts for a very short period of time. Um, we, if, if we're gardening, we wear bug jackets, so um, it covers, covers necks and wrists and ankles to keep the black fly out, but they're gone pretty quick and we can get on and enjoy our summer. So, uh, you know, we've got the dock in and getting the boat soon. So we'll be out and about in the lake before too long. We have such a short season, such a short season. And this year we're actually going away on vacation at the, um, the third week of August. So we're sort of missing two or three weeks right at the end of the summer being here with the boat. So so we're going to make the most of it while we have it. So what are we doing today? We are uh, getting to the second um, the second part of our interview, of my interview with Conrad O'Connell from 91 Digital. If you recall, it was um, a number of weeks ago, we, I interviewed Conrad and we talked about, th- we talked about SEO in general. And he was just so knowledgeable and and really on my level because I'm a complete beginner when it comes to all this stuff. So at the end of that episode, I said, okay, let's talk about paid 
advertising because we've never done any paid ads. We've never done any Google ads. Uh, leading up to Vacation Rental Success Summit, Mike did a lot of Facebook ads and, and I was just pretty horrified at the cost of those. And really, I, I mean, I know he said, you know, the analytics say, are saying that these are really working, but I, I need to know a bit more. I need to know how paid advertising works, why a vacation rental owner should do it, and and some of the ins and outs of, of the the jargon that's used in paid advertising. So without further ado, let's move on over and talk to Conrad and see if he can just bear it all for us. So we'll be much wiser at the end of the interview. Well, my guest today is Conrad O'Connell from 91 Digital. And thank you, Conrad, for joining me again for part two of our interview series. Thank you. I can't believe you had me back. I'm, uh, I'm honored. So thank you. <laughs> it was great. I had such good feedback from, from the first one we did. And we did say at the end of that, that because uh, I, I got so, so enthusiastic about the whole SEO thing. And, mm-hmm. and now, uh, and, I, and I know I said at the end, well, what about paid ads? And we just didn't have the time. So it's really yeah. nice to, to get back into it. And, and I, I really appreciate your time um, yeah. in, um, in joining me again. So let's, I'm just going to go dive straight into it. Um, when we were at the Vacation Rental Success Summit a couple of weeks ago in, in Toronto, and a lot of people were talking about paid advertising. And I mm-hmm. got the impression that most people just didn't have a clue really why you should use it, if you should use it, and how you should use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's, let's kick off with that general question. You know, why, I mean, should a vacation rental owner or, and I'm saying agency here as well, and let's say we're talking about small agencies. Should uh, owners, agencies of that size use paid ads? Yeah, for sure. So I think that it's kind of, uh, you know, one thing that I think I'll repeat a few times today that is certainly worth um, going over or I think is that it's hard to draw broad strokes for every single area because each area may actually end up being a little different. And I think we talked about this a little bit on the SEO, you know, topic last time where we talked about, you know, uh, more area, different areas are more competitive in terms of how many people are going after the same keywords as you, how many people are looking to rank for those keywords in Google search. There's usually a pretty good correlation of that between people who are bidding on those keywords and paid search. So if you're in a very competitive destination, you know, um, I often use Breckenridge as an example, uh, Colorado, just because that's a, that's a competitive destination where the commission rates are pretty high for, for, um, for property managers to use. So let's say you're an owner in Breckenridge. You could pay on keywords like Breckenridge vacation rentals and Google AdWords upwards of $6 a click. You know, every time someone clicks on the ad in Google AdWords, you're paying that money to Google. So it's hard to get, I think, that same level of, you know, return back out of it, whereas there's other places that I've, you know, other destinations that I've worked in where the cost per click is 30 cents or 25 cents. Mm-hmm. So it can it can vary so much, and that doesn't always necessarily correlate with the cost of a, a rental. <laughs> like, it's funny, so like in the Breckenridge market, for example, the cost of a rental isn't necessarily significantly higher than these other more, you know, less popular destinations that have cost per clicks in the 45 cent range. Mm-hmm. But I would say, so I'm going to repeat this a little bit about you have to test, you have to know your market. I can't necessarily know every market out there and how it's going to, you know, react to, to paid advertising. 
But I think that the most common one that I get, I kind of started with Google AdWords there because I think that's the most common one that people um, want to spend some, you know, some money on because typically they're going after those same keywords in organic search and they want to basically, you know, and this is, this is what happens. You can literally buy your way on the top of the search results page, right? If you do a, any Google search around vacation rentals in your destination, you probably see, you know, those four ads at the top of the search results. So that's kind of the, uh, the shortcut. So for someone is, you know, for a property manager that's considering, you know, paid ads, I would say, you know, you have to, you know, do a little research into your market, see what kind of the cost per click is. And, um, you can do some math. So like, if you know the conversion rate of your current website as it stands right now and the traffic that comes to it, you could probably get a pretty good idea of how much you'll actually pay per lead or per booking. You know, if you can kind of do some math, like, you know, if a, co- if a click costs you a dollar and on average it's going to take you X number of clicks to get that one lead to your, to your, you know, to fill out a form on your site or to potentially do a booking, then you can say, okay, well, it's going to cost me, let's say $20 or $25 to get a lead from paid advertising, or maybe that number is 15 or maybe it's 50. It may just depend on, you know, your website. Um, then you can kind of do some math and say, okay, this is making sense for me. I can kind of see how this would work and you can kind of go along that path. Okay. Let's, let's step back a little bit. How do you know what a cost per click is? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the best tool to use for this type of research, in my opinion, is Google's Keyword Planner. And I think we covered it last time a little bit where we talked about like organic keyword research. But for the paid side, this is actually what the tool is really meant for. So Google offers um, for free. You do have to sign up for an AdWords account, but you don't actually have to run ads if you're not ready to do that yet. Um, a, a tool they call Keyword Planner, which is basically a way for you to go ahead and do research, you know, of, of terms in your area or in your destination um, that you could potentially bid on and search. And Google's going to give you an estimated cost per click when you put, um, you know, put your keywords into this tool. Could, could we do a bit of an experiment here? Oh, of course. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at this and I'm, I know that fishing in Ontario mm-hmm. is, is a good keyword phrase perfect um so if i put that into google keyword planner what's it going to show me yeah for sure so um basically the way to do it is um i have the url here i think it's still this this way so it's google.com slash sk tool all one word so google.com slash sk tool so i went there and i just put in i just put in ontario fishing and um, there's three tabs when you get to this tool. There's a tab that says search for new keywords using a phrase, website, or category. Um, then there's a category called, or an option, excuse me, called get search volume data and trends, which can be helpful if you're trying to learn, like, the seasonality of certain search terms. Um, like, often what I'll find with vacation rental searches is that, you know, obviously, obviously it peaks during your busy time, of course, and then slows down during your non-booking time. But what, what can often be a little... Um, confusing in this tool is the tool will give you basically a monthly average, which can be very misleading because um, a popular area may get ten to fifteen thousand searches per month on a certain keyword. Um, and let's do our our, our our Ontario fishing keyword as an example. Um, you know that search may get thousands of searches during the time when people are looking for for fishing, and then they may get you know only a hundred or something when <laughs> when people aren't looking for it. Yeah, Dece- so, December is probably not a good month for that. Yeah. So, okay. So I put it in here and it's giving me some volume data back that it looks like in April. So it goes back a year. It goes back one calendar year in terms of data. And in April of 2015, um, it got 1900 searches in May, it got 2200 searches. And then it kind of peaks in July where it got about 3000 searches per month. 
um, then you're completely right. In, in December, it falls through the floor, basically, and only gets 600 searches per month. So that's a great example of one where the keyword volume at the high end is 6,000, or excuse me, 3,000, and the low end is 600. But what Google Keyword Planner is going to show you is an average of all those months, okay. which is a little you know, a little misleading in my opinion. But another, you know, another column there is they have a column called competition once you're in this tool. So it'll tell you um, how many other advertisers are going after that keyword in Google AdWords, um, which is helpful to know for sure, because if there's only two or three other people that are competing for that keyword, you're probably not going to pay as much as if there's 20 or 25. (laughs) Um, And then there's also a a column that's called suggested bid. And that's, that's a rough uh, estimation of what you may pay per click. So Google does give you some good context there for how much you can expect to pay. Um, you can beat that. You can beat that number. That's not you know that's not necessarily the the lowest amount you'll pay. And if you haven't set up your ads correctly, you could actually pay a lot more. So that's just think of that as like a moving you know a moving average. But that gives you a, you know a good idea of how much you could expect to pay for each click. Okay, that's 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 really useful. Now you know looking in that you know fishing in Ontario, it, would you see that as as a um, as something that, let's say, you know, if it was me with my company, that that's something that I should spend money on? Well, I would probably, so I'm pretty particular about um, AdWords from like a return on investment perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, our, our, our phishing uh, keyword here that we're kind of using as our example is one where I probably wouldn't do that unless for some reason I had some kind of... Um, maybe like affiliate arrangement with like a local fishing charter company to refer charters to him in exchange for, you know, he's going to refer leads to me or something like that. Mm -hmm. But as, as kind of what I would classify that as for a vacation rental website is I would classify that as what I would call a content, which is a keyword that would be great to rank for organically um, to get some of that traffic, but not something that I would probably spend money on. Um, because you're not really able to really provide a good return on investment. Like, you'd be able to give, you know, your guests good information. Like, if you had a page that listed all the fishing charter companies or the fishing information about Ontario, you'd certainly be able to give the guest a good experience. Um, And you could could make an argument that maybe someone will go on the page and then they'll be like, oh, well, I need a place to stay. And they may click on your site, and that may get you a few bookings here and there. But I would feel, um, if if I had a certain budget to, to allocate... I typically don't allocate it towards what I would classify as content keywords because I'm, I'm going to go after those ones that I think are going to provide a good return on my investment that are going to actually drive some bookings, some leads, some inquiries so that I can show to, you know, the client or, you know, if you're a property manager, you can show to yourself, you know, that you're getting a good return out of this channel in terms of, you know, bookings to your to your property. That's really useful information, Conrad, because, you know, here am I, a complete beginner at this thinking wow you know this is this is great people come to Ontario or they live in Ontario they want to go fishing so mm. this is something I should pay money you know spend my money on and you you've just made that so clear that you know just because of you know it's not directly related to vacation to, to our vacation rentals but I'm just thinking that people might possibly see that and you know go to maybe my landing page which would be a content page and then decide that they want to to book but that's it's like something once removed isn't it yeah i mean it's it's definitely possible don't get me wrong and if um if i ever had a client or if i was ever working in an adwords account that had unlimited budget that's the kind of stuff i would do you know but if 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 there's a certain amount that is being allocated to 
Um, so, so just to kind of step back here for a moment too, I think the best thing about Google AdWords as a marketing channel is that you're getting someone when their intent is pretty much as high as it can be, or is is at least very high. So you're not getting someone at you know what some people might call like the top of the funnel or anything like that. Like you're getting someone if they're doing a search for Ontario, you know, cottage rentals or Ontario vacation rentals. You're, they're looking for something very specific, and they went to Google so that they could click on a website and then go to a website that gave them the the what they're looking for. Um, so when you can go after keywords like that, where the intent is like so close to what you're actually you know in in the business of doing, um, I think that that's where you kind of have to shift your budget towards. And you know maybe like and maybe you do have a, an area that's less competitive. Like my example before, some of the you know more maybe more remote or less popular um, destinations that I've worked in, where the cost per click is fifty cents, and you can you know and the search volume may only be a few hundred per month, so you're only talking about spending maybe two hundred fifty dollars a month on on clicks for vacation rental keywords. Then you may say, okay, well, you know maybe I've maxed that out. I can't really get a lot more traction on that. So what else can I do? And then I think you can explore these, like like you said, once removed keywords that may be, okay, well, if I show for that and I can pay a very low amount per click, I can maybe convert some of those people into paying guests if I give them good information. Um, and yeah, and I think it's a great keyword to go after and search organically where you're getting those, and I'll put this in air quotes, free clicks. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, it's not free to get the, you know, get the authority in your website to rank up there. But, you know, over time, if you build that content and get some links to it, you'll get that traffic for free. Um, but for paying for it, it's something that I would typically shy away from. I wouldn't swear it off, but I would shy away from it. Okay. So, so you said something that, um, that made me immediately think, um, mm, would this, would this work for the individual owner? You, you said $250 a month. Um, so I know before we started the, the interview, we, we discussed this as, you know, is this for an individual owner? Uh, At what point might an individual owner, um, do you think, start using Google Ads, or do you do you think it's just not uh, not cost effective for them at all? Yeah, I think that there's most of the time. I would actually say, if I'm going to paint a broad stroke, it probably isn't necessarily a good fit for the individual owner on the Google AdWords side. And I know we're going to go into Facebook here and that kind of the back half of the interview, and that's where I would focus more on the single property uh, managers, but. Um, so like I said, you just have to do research into your area and that's where you can get a little more insight where you learn, um, you know, the cost per click for your area. And, you know, one thing that you can do, and this isn't something that I typically recommend for, um, for property managers who are trying to book a lot of rentals, but if you have, um, you know, just one or two properties that you're trying to rent and you're in a destination where the cost per click is fairly high and you're kind of sitting there doing the math and saying, I don't know if it's going to be a great channel. You know, I think the amazing Thing that AdWords has or Google AdWords has that um, some of the you know other marketing options that are out there you know like a listing site don't have is flexibility. So you could potentially turn on your Google AdWords for a two-week time period, uh, a one-day time period, or a two-year time period. You know, there's no contracts. You're not locked into spending any any amount. You don't have to commit to it for a year or anything like that. You could try it with you know like you said a $250 budget. Um, track the traffic that's coming from the website, the, from the paid ads to your website, and then potentially say, okay, I spent this much. Here was kind of my strategy. What did I get out of it? And then kind of evaluate it and you know try to tweak that throughout throughout you know your management of the AdWords. Make sure you're tweaking it to get good results, um, and then try to see if that's getting a return on investment for you. So I think it's something where you have to have your tracking in place. 
Um, and you could potentially start with a small budget, give it a short rope in terms of time, maybe give it a, a 30 day or a 45 day window. Um, and then potentially, you know, don't be as aggressive with your bids as some of the larger companies that you're probably bidding against. So for our Ontario fishing example, you know, maybe we're, maybe we'll bid, you know, 30 or 40% under what they recommend. And yeah, I know I'm not going to get really good placement at the top of the search results from that, but I will get placement at the bottom of the search results. And maybe I'll be able to derive a few clicks that way. And um, it's at a price that I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay this much per click. Um, even if that means I get less traffic, um, that may be okay if I'm a single uh, um, single property manager or single property owner, rather, because I don't need as many clicks as the big guys to fill up my home. You know, I may only need um, 10 or 15 leads, whereas a, a larger site may need 1,500 or 2,000 leads to drive, you know, the amount of properties that they're trying to book. Yeah, great, great stuff. What about, you, you've mentioned um, tracking. So yeah. can, can you just elaborate on that? What, uh, how, how, how do we track conversions? Yeah, for sure. So this is where I see um, kind of the smaller, um, you know, property managers kind of make a lot of uh, mistakes. Um, so they often won't have any tracking in place where, you know, so basically the, mo the most basic form of this is, what, is to have Google Analytics, you know, installed, configured, and working on your website properly. Um, and that's the first place to start. So if you got that covered and you've been able to log into Google Analytics and look at, you know, your website visitors, see where they're coming from, how long they stay on the site, what pages they look at, that'll give you, that's kind of the, the first uh, step in the process. Um, but really, ideally what you have is, um, you know, all the tracking added to, to track the, what Google Analytics calls goals. So goals in Google Analytics are basically like specific actions that someone takes that what I would call generate like a lead or a booking. So like, for example, if you had an inquiry form on your website, you want to track in Google Analytics how many times someone fills out that form um, to, to give you their information. Um, if you're maybe a little more advanced and you have everything set up um, as far as being able to book on your website, which I hope most people do, um, then you'll want to make sure you have e-commerce tracking hooked up which is basically a dynamic um, amount that will put basically that data gets pushed back into Google analytics when a booking happens. So if someone completes a booking for a week in July on your website, and then on the last, the last, you know, checkout page, whenever all their payment information is confirmed, you can actually set up your, your tracking code in Google analytics to fire back the amount that was actually spent. So you could be able to say, Oh, I got, you know, seven bookings this month on my website and those seven bookings led to, you know, $14,000, you know, $11 and 12 cents of revenue or something. So that's kind of the perfect world is when you have your revenue tracked, you have all your um, different forms tracked on your website, whether that's a contact form or a lead form on your site. And then you can look at the goals coming from um, Google Analytics in your AdWords account and then be able to tell very specifically how many times people are taking actions when they click on your ad. So that's kind of the perfect way to set everything up. Is this something that, uh, that let, let's say I could do that. Am I, is, is it a, a very steep learning curve to, you know, to learn how to set up goals in Google analytics and you know, to, to set, you, you said to install and configure, is that fairly simple? Are there tutorials or is there somewhere we, you know, I could go and learn how to do it? Yeah, so I think goals are typically pretty easy because um, often it's just like a destination URL. So um, I don't know if I have any resources offhand just because it's something, you know, I've, it's almost become a habit for me to do it. So I don't necessarily have anything off the top of my head, but we can do some research after and I'll send you something. Um, but if you're trying to set up a goal, like let's say, for example, 
you, let's kind of ignore the online booking for a second because that's something where I think you'll pretty much always need the help of a website developer to set up kind of e-commerce tracking. That's a little more advanced. But if you have, um, for example, like someone goes on your website and fills out a form, uh, an inquiry form, and then when they fill out that form, they're brought to a page that says, um, you know, myvacationrental.com slash thank you. Um, then basically anyone can set up a goal like that because you're just saying, hey, whenever anyone makes it to this page called thank you or, you know, response received or something like that, like you create a specific page where the only way that people get to it is by filling out that form, then it's just easy to count. You just tell Google Analytics, hey, anytime someone comes to this page, it means they filled out a form. So can you please give me credit for that? And you can set that up very easily. You don't need any kind of um, programming experience or anything like that. Um, on the e-commerce tracking side, I think pretty universally, unless there's um, some newer solutions out there that I'm not aware of, it pretty much always has to be configured by you know a web developer or something like that. And there may be um, some of the vacation rental you know template website builders out there may have some of that stuff built in. I'm not 100% aware of every you know every feature out there for uh, for those different sites, but it's definitely maybe worth reaching out to. Uh, you know, your website developer, or if you have, uh, you know, a templated solution, it may be worth reaching out to them and saying, you know, hey, I'm trying to get a little better understanding. Do you guys, are you guys able to track, um, you know, bookings, or, or are you at least able to track, um, you know, the, the fact that a booking happened, and ideally you're able to track, you know, a dynamic amount of each time the booking happens, the exact dollar amount. But if not, at least you can track bookings. That gets you on the right path to be able to say, okay, this booking happened on this day. You know, it came from Google AdWords, and then you can kind of look in your records and say, okay, well, I can get the return on investment from that end of it. Interesting. I think I could become obsessed with it. It's, yeah, so, so for, some of the, for some of the, you know, this is some of the larger um, companies that, you know, that I'll set this stuff up for. They may have upwards of 12 or 15 different goals set up in Google Analytics plus e-commerce tracking. So that basically means there's a lot of different things that we're looking at to say, um, you know, what happened, like, you know, some websites have functions like send a friend, they have functions like um, just a simple contact form, they have functions where they have a contact page that's different than the contact form that's on a property page. Mm-hmm. So if once, you know, once you get into that more advanced level, and you're tracking literally every single point on the website where someone's contacting you, it can be something where you have a lot of data at your fingertips to be able to say, you know, here's where not only like here's how many leads I'm getting, but here's exactly where they're coming from on my website which is very valuable um, for, you know, for anyone who's wanting to really learn like how, how guests are interacting on their website before they actually take action, whether that's from paid advertising or another, you know, another website traffic channel. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, let's step on to um, Facebook ads because, you know, that, that's definitely another area that people uh, talk a lot about, but know little about. And, and it seems from, from the, the little dabble I've done in Facebook ads, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stepped back very quickly because I thought, wow, this, this, is, this is just gulping money. Yeah. So I think the reason that it's um, a lot of people talk about it and maybe not everyone has a lot of experience is because Facebook makes it really easy. Um, <laughs> so it's when something has a very low barrier to entry and something has, you know, that type of... Um, like, I mean, kudos to Facebook for their product design team basically putting in that boost post button, you know, on every post of a business page, because how alluring is that to say, you know, I posted, I posted this update on my Facebook page organically, right? And then it's been a day and only, you know, 50 people have seen it. Like, that's not good enough. I need more people to see it. So then there's a little button right there that you can click and Facebook will be like, oh yeah, we'll show it to a bunch more people. Just give us 50 bucks or whatever. Um, 
So, yeah, we can definitely cover Facebook for sure because I think that's where um, you can get a lot of traction, especially if you're smaller. I think this fits a little better in the paid advertising um, ecosystem of, of vacation rentals for the smaller property managers. So th- there's, a, there's, you know, when you get into Facebook ads, there's literally, you know, there's an infinite number, basically, of targeting options that you could do. But I'll just kind of cover two here because I think this makes the most sense for most people. And, of course, you can always, again, test, experiment, and play around with other options. But I think these will help the best. Um, so we talked about um, kind of the website end of things before. So one thing that you'll probably want to do right away when you're getting started with Facebook ads is install what Facebook calls the Facebook Pixel. So it's just a fancy way to say um, a Facebook tracking script that basically um, is installed on your website, just like our Google Analytics example from before. Um, that tracks everyone who comes to your website that has a Facebook account. So once they visit your website and if they're logged into Facebook, Facebook sets like a, a, you know, a unique identifier on that person's computer that says, um, hey, here's Heather. Um, she went to um, this website so now, and she's logged into Facebook, so now I can show ads to her because I've connected these two pieces together. So that's very powerful for you regardless of if you have 100 people coming to your website every month or 100,000. Because you can then serve ads to those people that match that criteria. So instead of just targeting the whole world on Facebook ads, you can only target people who have been to your website. Um, And if you've done any kind of e-commerce shopping online, you've probably seen this in action, right? Like you go and look at something on Amazon or eBay, and then all of a sudden you start seeing ads for that, that same product on other websites and oftentimes on Facebook now too because they've made it a lot easier. And that's not a technology that's... Um, expensive. If anything, it's 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 free to you know install that pixel, and then of course you have to pay for the advertisement. But if you're a smaller property manager, it's going to fit a lot better with a small budget because yeah. you probably have a lot of traffic on the site right now. So that's where I would start for sure. So get the Facebook pixel installed on your site, you know, today, regardless of if you want to run ads, because you can actually target people who are on the site whenever you add the pixel, even if you decide to run ads a month from now, you'll be able to target everyone who's been on that site who they've set this cookie on the computer of. Um, and then you can kind of, you know, experiment with what kind of ad do I want to serve these people who have been on my site? Do I want to offer them a promotion? Um, some, some people would be okay with that. Some, some owners are a little more particular about offering promotions or specials. Um, do I just want to send them to a different page on the site that's about the area? Like, do I want to be less, um, you know, salesy? Do I just want to kind of get people to come back to the site? Um, do I want to, you know, do I want to just show them pictures of my rental and say like, hey, haven't heard from you yet. Do you have any questions? And then maybe offer an ad so that they go to your contact page. Um, there's really, you can get really creative with it, but you're working with a list that's very targeted um, without doing a lot of um, effort really on the end of setting the Facebook ad up. You basically install that pixel on the website um, you wait a few days for Facebook to collect those users, and then you can start serving ads to those people um, who have been on your site, you know, recently. So there's a lot of power in that. Um, so when you say serving ads, so what what do the ads? I mean, I, I of course we all see ads on um, on our Facebook feed. So how how right. do we how do we create them? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's two. There's well, there's actually three ways to go about it. So we'll kind of cover those really quickly. So the first option that we kind of covered at the beginning was using that Facebook boost post button. So that kind of allows you to, you know, without really doing a lot of setup or a lot of targeting, you can just kind of hit a button, put in your credit card, put $10 at it, and they give you a few targeting options in there. Like they, I think they put in their age, location, um, gender, and then maybe some, some small uh, interest targeting options. So 
for example, we could have we could say our average guest is someone who's uh, 45, female from Charlotte, North Carolina, and is into the beach. And then I could serve an ad to that person with my boost post button. Um, they've improved it recently. You know, about a year ago, the boost post was pretty much a disaster in terms of return on investment. I think that they've actually improved it, the reach and the performance of these ads a little bit. But the boost post is the easiest because, in my opinion, it's the less, it's the least effective of the three kind of places you can build ads on Facebook. So typically, I shy away from it. There's, you know, there's a few cases where maybe you want to do it, like if you just want to show um, a post to your fans and you don't want to really spend a lot of time to build the ad, and maybe you only want to spend ten dollars. You know, maybe that's probably an okay solution. Not, not something that I would probably recommend usually, but if it's something you want to experiment with and test, then I would say go that route. Um, the other two options are something that are a little, you know, a little more powerful because they give you a lot more options. But you know, they, they do have a little bit of a learning curve in terms of getting in there and learning how they work. So Facebook has a tool called Ads Manager, which is basically like kind of the intermediate intermediate option here in terms of complexity and, and, and tools and power, basically. So Ads Manager is where I'd recommend most people start because there's there's enough in there. I don't think anyone's gonna get overwhelmed. You know, you may have to do some, you know, some research for sure to figure out how to kind of work work the system, but there's kind of three or four different um, screens they walk you through. Like, um, what do you want to do? So that's the first um, screen that you'll come to. Do you want to get more people to like your page? Do you want to send people to your website? Um, do you want to do, like, there's kind of a lot of different, actually, I can open it really quick and kind of go over it. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So where do you find Ads Manager? Yeah, so if you're logged into your personal Facebook account, it should be facebook.com slash ads slash manager. That's kind of where um, where it's at. And if you haven't, um, ever done it before, you may have to sign up for an account. Um, so that's something that you'll have to do. Um, so th- once you're here, they, they may make you sign up for a Facebook ads account. So you'll have to put in, of course, your credit card information. Um, and then once you once you have that, they'll say, oh, you're the owner of this business page. Um, you know, let's say it's, it's Bob's Beach Rentals, and that's just made up. I don't know if there's a Bob's Beach Rentals. Um, so these are the options. Once you hit create ad, these are the options that I was kind of talking about. Um, and I'll, I'll try to run through all the relevant ones here. So there's boost your post, as we talked about kind of before. There's promote your page, which is basically a fancy way to say, do you want more likes on your page? Um, there's send people to your website, which is probably where I'd recommend most people start. There's increased conversions on your website, which is very helpful if you have all that tracking set up that we talked about before. Um, but instead of just having that tracking set up for Google Analytics, you actually set up that tracking for Facebook. And that's another piece where you probably need some, some assistance from a web developer to get that set up because it is pretty, pretty custom and it's a little more um, complex than even the Google Analytics setup. So that's something you'd have to research. But you don't need to do that to continue, but that's another option for you once you get a little more advanced. Um, there's a few options here that I don't think are very relevant, like there's get installs of your app and increase engagement in your app. Not really a good fit for, for what we're talking about here. Um, and then there's a few others that I don't really think are a big, um, a big fit for vacation rental managers. There's like raise attendance at your event and then reach people near your business. Um, both of those, you know, reach people near your business is very unlikely unless um, there's, there's a new market I'm not aware of that people are within 10 miles of your rental and want to stay there. <laughs> so not, not really a good fit. That's more for like local businesses. Think like restaurants and, you know, hair salons, stuff like that. Um, Raise attendance at your event, same kind of thing. Not necessarily something that's often a good fit for vacation rental managers. Um, get people to claim your offer. 
that is an intriguing option. So this is a, this is um, something that's been in place for a while. One thing that I would just caution anyone from before they do that, like let's say you wanted to do an offer where you said, um, you know, fifty or a hundred dollars off an open week on my vacation rental. Click here to claim it. Um, is that you can't edit the offer once it goes live. So once you have that offer live on Facebook, you can't go change, edit, update, delete. You can't do anything. Once it's it's up there, it's up there. So if you make any kind of typo or any kind of error or anything like that, or if all of your weeks have been claimed, you're actually sitting there still paying for um, that offer to show when you know your weeks may be gone. So maybe worth experimenting with, but not something that I would um, I would start with if that's where you're going with it. And then there's two more options here. There's a lot here. <laughs> um, you can get more video views. Um, so if you have a video of your rental property, that could be something that you experiment with. Although you can use video as an ad format in these other options that we're going to talk about here a little more in depth. And then there's collect leads for your business. Um, so not, I mean, you could do that. It's something where uh, basically you create this lead ad. And then when someone clicks on it, it automatically fills in their email address when they click on the ad. Um, so they don't have to sit there and type it out on their phone or type it out on their computer. Um, not something that I've experimented with a lot. That's the most recent of these ad formats, so I don't have a lot of good or bad feedback on it at this point in time. Okay. So once you're in this campaign, um, this is kind of rebuild your campaign. The two that I would, or the one that I would recommend you start with is the third option, which is send people to your website. Um, so that's going to allow you to show an ad in the Facebook newsfeed or on the right side of Facebook where people are, once they click the ad, they'll be brought to your website. Um, so that's kind of where I would recommend most people start. Once you're there, that's just kind of where a lot of the magic happens. So this is where you're at what Facebook calls the ad set level. Um, now the ad set level is kind of one underneath the campaign level, and that's where you set all of your targeting options that we were talking about before. Um, so for so once you're here, you know, there's all these different options in there, but the one that we were talking about previously was setting a Facebook pixel and then creating a custom audience to serve those people at. So this is where you would actually perform that action is you would say, um, it'll basically Facebook here is saying, who do you want to target? And we're saying, okay, we want to target all the people who've been on our website. So they say, great, click here, um, check this option and we'll target everyone who's been on your website. And then on the right side, Facebook actually starts to give you some good information, some good context for how many people you're going to potentially reach with your ads. So our example before is, you know, let's say we had a property manager that may only get um, 200 visitors to their property website per month. So Facebook will say, well, you're probably going to reach less than 1,000 people. And that's okay. That just means we have a targeted list of people that we're going after. And in general, the smaller the list, the more targeted the list, um, the more effective your ads will be. Um, especially for something, you know, especially for vacation rental managers who are trying to t really just sell, you know, a few weeks here and there. We, we don't necessarily need tens of thousands of customers to fill our rental. We really, you know, may only need 25 customers to fill our rental for a whole year. So, um, you know, we don't need to have a huge, you know, audience that we're trying to target. We're trying to be specific. So once you're in kind of this ad set thing, we kind of covered Facebook pixel. And the other area that I would kind of encourage everyone to start with would be to take your customer email list. So I, I don't know if we've covered this a lot before, but, you know, Heather, I imagine you have a pretty large email list for, for your rentals um, mm -hmm. built up over the years. How large is that list roughly, if you're comfortable sharing? Um, probably in the 10,000 range. Perfect. Okay. So, you know, a lot of um, even single property uh, managers that, that I've asked this question to may have lists that are, you know, a few thousand people. Now, those aren't always all past guests. You know, some of them may be people who have just inquired but never actually booked. Um, you could actually separate those lists if you wanted to. But let's say you had a list of 
um, of all the people that you send your email newsletter to every month, or you had a list of everyone who's inquired over the past um, six months but hasn't booked, or even people who have booked. Um, you can actually serve those people ads just as you can if they've been on your website. So you can take that list, you can download it from whatever email marketing program you used to store it in, whether that's um, Constant Contact, MailChimp, um, Drip, whatever, you know, whatever campaign you're using, it doesn't matter. You'll be able to export that list into just like a simple Excel document or a simple um, text file. Then you can upload that into Facebook and then target these ads to people if the email address that they gave you matches the one that they used to log into Facebook. Right. Um, so the, the match rate here is typically around, around 50 to 60%. Obviously, it just depends on how many emails you've collected. It's, it's very common that people use their personal email when they're inquiring for a vacation rental that they would use to log into Facebook. So the match rate here is usually pretty good. But it's possible maybe someone inquired on an old email that, and that's not the one they use to log into Facebook. So in that case, that person wouldn't match up. So even if, you know, if we put your list into Facebook of 10,000, um, it's very likely that we'd only be able to target around five to 6,000 of those people on that list. We wouldn't be able to target everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this, is, is, these are, this kind of narrows our, our targeting down significantly just with a few, you know, a few clicks here. And we're targeting people who you know, have probably heard of your brand, who are comfortable, maybe have stayed with you before, um, people who have uh, you know, contacted you, they, probably, they may have spoken to you. Um, so there's kind of a little bit of intent there already. So even without adding any more targeting options, you've already got a pretty good, you know, a pretty good target of people who could potentially be interested in, you know, staying at your vacation rental again or staying with one of your vacation rentals again. Um, so that's kind of the two that I would start with, just to kind of recap really quickly, because I know it's a lot to process. And Facebook, and Facebook is very complicated. You know, it can be a little complicated. So um, the number one thing that I think has the most intent and can drive the most action is retargeting people on Facebook who visited your website. I would say the number two option or the second best targeting option when you're starting out, I'm just trying to test it and see how well it's going to perform for you, is people who have inquired with you. Um, probably if you, want to be, if you want to be a little more specific, that can maybe save you some money. Maybe only people have inquired in the past year or something. You know, Maybe segment that list a little so you're not pulling people in who may have inquired five years ago and never heard from you since. Um, and then add those people into Facebook and target those as well. And you could do two separate ads, of course, so you can kind of gauge the effectiveness of each option here. Um, so yeah, like I said, what, there's so many options in here, but if you're going to start with two and you want to kind of get your feet wet and see how Facebook ads can work for your rental business, those are the two that I recommend where I see the most success with right away. That is amazing, Conrad. And yeah, as you've been talking, I've actually been going through and just having a look at, um, uh, at everything that is in that ad set page and that that's fascinating what what you can do with the audiences and, and i know there's there's other things that you could go on and talk to talk about like you know custom audiences and lookalike audiences um probably not got the time for that and i think it's getting <laughs> a, bit, a bit advanced um but this this is this is great starter information it's probably as much as we really have time for and as much as people can process <laughs> at the <laughs> moment. But, yeah. um, but what you're saying is that um, Facebook ads are uh, a good thing to be looking at for individual owners and for those who've got a, a few properties and maybe small property managers. But maybe Google ads is, is, is a little bit pricey um, and perhaps we should not be chasing that um, at, at that small level. 
Yeah, it's, it's again, you know, for most destinations, I feel like that's something that I would probably recommend people stay away from. Now, I will have one exception in there. We, we didn't talk about um, Google remarketing, but just as we kind of covered in depth how you can retarget to people who visited your website on Facebook, you can do the same thing with Google Ads as well. So that's maybe a better option for you if you maybe have a smaller budget and you could actually sell those ads in multiple places. So yeah, here's an example. Someone visits your website, um, just like our example of Facebook. You can set a cookie on their computer that they visited your website. And then the Google Display Network is much larger in scope than the Facebook. You know, obviously, when you do Facebook ads, it's only going to show on Facebook.com. Um, so some of your guests may visit your website and not even have a Facebook account. So you could run these ads so you're blue in the face, but they'll never see them. Um, but with Google Ads, that's a much broader targeting set because it's basically like every website that uses display ads on the Internet pretty much uses the Google Display Network. I mean, there's some exceptions, but for the most part. So that person may leave and then go to their favorite news website. Um, they may go look at you know, a travel blog that talks about your destination, and your ad's showing up right there on the right side that you design. So it's like, hey, you know, come back and look at more information about my rental. Um, you know, have a nice, beautiful photo there and try to bring those people back to your website through the Google Display Network. And that's more independent of um, competition and it doesn't have the same type of um, restrictions as far as budget goes. Like you could, you know, you could spend uh, $2 a day on, on Google Display Remarketing if you wanted to or a dollar a day if you have a lower amount of traffic coming to your website. Um, and you'll still be able to generate, you know, those people coming back and they're going to see your ad kind of over and over again on the Google side. Um, and if you want to kind of combine these all together, you can do that too. Like you could have um, Google Display retargeting running at the same time you have Facebook retargeting running. And it's basically like people can't get away from you. You know, <laughs> they're like, they're, they're looking at your rental and all of a sudden they go on Facebook, they see your ad there, they go on, they go to read an article and then they see your ad there. So you can kind of really follow people around. Um, and it's something that I've had success with for, for clients. And then I'll put sometimes a short, um, short like a short uh, time frame on it. So like maybe people are considering your rental, they made their way to the rental page, um, and then they haven't, they haven't booked or they haven't taken action yet. And maybe I'm saying, okay, well, I want to serve my ads really aggressively for the next seven days because that's probably when they're going to make their decision. Mm -hmm. So if I serve my ads really aggressively for the next seven days, maybe I can either back off after those seven days or I could just remove them from the list if I feel like it's unlikely that they're going to book. So there is a lot of detail and a lot of you know, nuance. There's, you know, there's people who do um, Google AdWords full time. That's all they do. You know, for for clients, there's you know people who do Facebook ads on a full time basis, and they're still learning learning things on how you know how to best maximize and get the most out of it. But I think if you're kind of kind of get your feet wet, um, I think we've given hopefully people a few good tips here on the Facebook side and the Google side to potentially get started. Even if they don't have a large budget, even if they don't have a lot of traffic. Um, they can still get some of that those people to come back to their site, which is ultimately the goal, and get them to book. Conrad, as ever, you have hugely over-delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope it was helpful. <laughs> yeah, that, that's incredibly helpful. You know, I've I've learned some things that uh, that you know I'm quite eager to uh, to take away and and have have a go at. And of course, I'll put links into every everything you've mentioned, as well as ninety one digital too. Because I know you're out there and you can help people so, so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if anyone has any questions, feel free to email me. I'll do my best to get back to you um, as quick as I can. And we could probably, you know, there's um, there's even a post I wrote that was called, I forget exactly the title. That's bad. I wrote a blog post. I forgot the title. But it's something along the lines of, I think, nine or seven different campaign ideas for vacation rental managers that's on my site. Um, and that's like just if you're stuck and you don't know like how to even start targeting people and if you've already maybe run through those two options of um, 
uh, visited my website and on my email list and you're like, uh, I need to try something else. Um, there's some ideas there where basically um, we serve different ads to people depending on what pages they looked at, or what actions they took, um, they, where if you're stuck, you can kind of get some traction on that, that as well. So I'll send you that. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. And I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to get on um, Conrad's mailing list at 91digital. Is it 91digital.com? Dotnet. Someone's someone's squatting my dot com. I'm very upset about it. I will correct it eventually, but I haven't got it yet. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, go to ninety one digital dot net and sign up for uh, get get onto Conrad's um, email list, and then whenever he uh, sends out a newsletter or whatever, you're going to get that. So Conrad. That's- that's exactly right. That's how it works. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me again. You you are a, a treasure of, of, of amazing information. And uh, and I, I will look forward to seeing you hopefully in Phoenix in October. Mm-hmm. Yes. We shall meet there. Awesome. Thank you again. I appreciate this so much. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Conrad. All right. Wow. Do you feel fire-hosed? I think... Um, Having said that, there was just so much amazing information uh, just just coming from Conrad. He, as, as I say, he, he always over delivers in terms of the quality of the information he provides. You know, I'm almost thinking, gosh, we've got to go on into part three of this. But, uh, you know, let, let's let's stick with that. Let's see. You know, I'd love to hear from you if, um, you know, if you want to do this, if you, if you want to start up some Facebook ads and... Um, because I'm definitely looking looking at it for, for my company. We've never done them. Um, as I say, Mike did it for Vacation Rental Success Summit, but that's, you know, it's a, a bit of a different animal there. Uh, so, you know, go to the, those show notes um, and then leave, leave your comments and uh, we'll be glad to hear them and, and to respond to you. So as ever, if, uh, if you have comments or um, suggestions for me, you can email me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com. I always love to hear from you. And so that's it for another week. I think sometimes, you know, I, I should perhaps make these um, interviews a little bit shorter. But once, you know, once I get into them, I just want to keep that information coming and, and make sure you get as much out of every episode as possible so that's something else you can tell me do you think these episodes are too long are they just right would you like some some shorter sort of bite-sized pieces i don't know you know just just let me know i'm i'm sitting here waiting for your feedback so thanks once again for joining me and i'll be talking to you again next week this episode of vacation rental success is over but don't worry heather will be back soon want more great resources Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.